Hey, Matt, are you there? Yes, I am here, John. How are you? Awesome, Matt. Thanks for, thanks for joining us. Hey, everybody. John Millen here with Benefit Hackers. I'm excited to have Matt Dyer on the phone. Matt is the uh, president of the Dyer Group, which is a financial services, uh, income, disability specialist, life insurance specialist. We've had you on before, Matt. Thanks for tar- carving out some time. Yeah, thanks for having me. So, guys, I'm going to jump right to it. So, Matt, you've been in, uh, you've specialized in what I call income protection services or disability insurance or paycheck protection for, I think we're chatting about 13 years now. And so you've seen a lot of people, workers, employees, managers, supervisors, owners, highly compensated execs. You've probably seen a whole range of types of people in that period of time. I want to start out with the first question that I get the, the most is like, why do I need, why does the average worker even need to think about income protection? Like what's the need? What's the, what's, I mean, why do we even waste our energy thinking about that? Can you, can you start with that? Yes. So primarily what we do is long-term disability insurance. And so to help, to help folks understand it, we, we just kind of use, we just go through the math, right? We just try to help them understand the reality and that's the education process. So uh, what we'll do is um, we'll tell most folks have a group long-term disability insurance plan. And what we see more often than not is that's um, 60% of your salary is covered in that. And there usually is a monthly maximum. Okay. Usually the monthly maximum, either $5,000 or $10,000. So let, to make the math really easy in this, in this um, example, Let's have somebody making $100,000 a year. Okay, so 60% of that is obviously $60,000. And the way disability insurance is discussed, it's always in the form of a monthly benefit. So $60,000 a year is equal to $5,000 a month in benefit, right? So here's where the math comes in, right? So now we realize, all right, $5,000 a month. But what most people fail to realize is that $5,000 is taxable because the company in which they work for the they are writing the premium off as a business expense from their taxes. So the reality is Uncle Sam will get his money and he's going to get it from from the insured uh, on the from the benefit. So then taxed, right? So that five thousand turns into I don't know, maybe thirty five hundred dollars after tax. Okay. And once we start walking through that math, the easy question to ask him is would you want to live on thirty five hundred dollars a month? And, uh, you know, 90% of the folks we talk to say, no, I can't. There's no way I can. Um, and enough to add to that, um, what we find, you know, we've paid thousands of claims over the years, right? So what we find is um, a lot of people think that their expenses will go down during a disability. It's the exact opposite. Expenses go up. And a lot of people fail to realize that. Wow. Okay. So I'm going to play a little devil's advocate because I, I agree 100%. But a lot of what I hear... From people is okay that you show them the rate uh what it costs and and people always think you know it's what are the odds it's going to happen to me you know they, they kind of roll the dice a little bit what do you say about that because sometimes people will spend money on a disability policy and never use it which is actually a good thing meaning you've never got disabled so that's actually good but what do you say to people that are hesitant about insuring their paycheck in that way I totally agree. I hope I sell things that's, that people never use, which is an odd thing to say. Hey, look, I want you to buy this, but I hope you never use it. So that's that's my <laughs> yeah. world in a nutshell. But the, depending on what you believe, which study you believe, 
Um, the numbers are astonishing either way you look at it. One study will say one out of three people you know will be disabled. The other study says one out of four. Either way, it's a large percentage of people that are going to need a long-term or not need, but yes, need, but will, um, that will become disabled for 90 days or longer in their lifetime. One out of three or one out of four, depending on which study you believe. Either way, it's too many. For me personally, I'm not taking that risk with my money. So, so let's talk about what, what have you seen as the most popular, not most common (laughs) things that trigger a disability policy? Like what are things that people may not be thinking about that would cause this to go into play? Muscular skeletal disorders are far and away the most common reason for a benefit. And that's something as simple as a bad back, right? So for example, let's say you got an attorney and he's got a bad back and he's not completely disabled. But he can't sit in his chair for as long as he usually would, or he can't travel as much as he normally would. Um, And all that means he can't work as much. Thus, he will not earn the same amount of income. That is a disability. Wow. Lots of people, if you think about the number of people with backs and you probably knees and hips and knees, back, hips. Yeah. And any part of the spine is a big deal. Uh, Cancer is also. A, a pretty large reason for claim. Um, you know, I had a buddy, um, and this, these are his words. These aren't my words. He had testicular cancer, cancer, and he called it quote a ver- a garden variety cancer, right? It was just as a strange way to. But I think what he yeah. was trying to say, look, I'm going to beat this thing. Um, but here's here's what happened to him. So he wasn't feeling well for a few months, and um, didn't go to the doctor because he's a you know he was a typical male and stubborn didn't want to go to the doctor so when it finally got bad enough for him to go he went and then they ran a bunch of tests and then some more time passed and then you know let's say we're three months in i don't know the exact dates but maybe we're three months into him not feeling well um and then you know then he gets a diagnosis and then um treatment starts he had i I think he had chemo so chemo lasted, I don't know, maybe like six months or something, six or eight months. I, I don't know the dates, but it lasted a while. And then after chemo, um, you just don't feel right. You don't feel right at all. Your yeah, energy super right. low. Um, you have good days. You have bad days. Um, and then once he was feeling better, he, he went back to work. But he was in, he was in a job in which um, he wasn't in a salary job. So he had to go out and perform. Right. So uh, so there was a period of time where he was rebuilding his his practice. Right. So and that took maybe another year for him to get his income back to what it once was. So, you know, you talk about that year of rebuilding. You talk about the six or eight months of chemo, the two or three months it took to to get the diagnosis. You know, we're we're in almost two years before his income went back. So, yeah, he was on claim for almost two years. Wow. And he probably, no one ever thinks, you know, when you buy any kind of insurance, no one ever thinks that they're going to get cancer or a stroke or break your leg. No, I I think that's a pretty reasonable way to think, right? I mean, we're not all running around thinking something bad's going to happen, but the reality is something bad's going to happen to somebody. And that's why insurance was created, right? To transfer the risk of something bad happening to somebody else. So you pay a small premium for somebody else to carry all this risk. And without that, uh, without that, if it is a if it's a real long term disability that lasts, you know, years or maybe it lasts forever. I mean, that's where bankruptcy happens, right? Because your bills don't stop. 
Yep. You know, everything's right. still coming in. Life really hadn't changed. You know, the mortgage company doesn't care if you're if you got a bad back. They just want their money. You know, and so all that stuff continues. And if you don't have the income to pay for it, um, you know, you can get in a pretty pretty bad spot financially. No, no, I, I hear you. One of the one of the things I also have thought about, and I don't know, I'd be interesting to get your perspective. So go back 13 years, you're selling disability, you're talking about income protection, and comp- contrasted to today's worker. So the, the, some of the stats that I see is that 76% or so of all households live paycheck to paycheck. Mm, mm-hmm. Most people don't have a lot of extra money just laying in their checking account. Because we all have things we're using the money for. I wonder if it was much different when you started. Do, do you find that maybe back then people thought, I'll just self-insure myself. I'll just keep some cash in the bank and if I need it. Do you, was that the case back then or has that not changed at all? I don't think it's changed. So I think the people that I was talking to 13 years ago, they have, they have kind of progressed and up the food chain, so to speak, and they're more successful in their careers. But there's always people living paycheck to paycheck. I bet if you went back and looked at the at the numbers, probably still 76% of people now are living paycheck to paycheck. I bet it was the same 13 years ago. It's just a different group of people, right? Yep. Yeah. You know, people are going in and out of that 25. Um, yeah. So, um, you know, to answer your question there, I don't know that you can save for a long-term disability. Like how, how do you, I don't understand how, how one would do that without insurance. Let's say you're 40 years old, right? And you, now you're disabled for the rest of your life. Worst case scenario, right? So you've got, so you had, let's say you get out of college and at 22. So you've had 18 years to save for a disability that's going to last 25. Mathematically, mm-hmm. it's not really possible, mm-hmm. right? No. So yeah, I don't think you can't save your way uh, to... Uh, you can't save your way to making sure you don't, you don't need long-term disability insurance. Short-term, you can. Short-term, you definitely can. I think everybody should have 90 days of cash on hand. No question. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone should, but do they is the right. question, right? Yeah, yeah, we all you're would right. Like lots of, yeah, we all would like to. Unfortunately, you know, if you're in that position, that's great. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of a lot of families that don't. Okay, let me let me switch gears a little bit. I'm, I know I'm just throwing stuff at you. I know we haven't rehearsed this at all, which is kind of cool. This is the way I like it. So if you had to pick between only selling, or if you had to pick between someone buying, so you're talking to me, well, not, let's not use me, because that's you're talking to a friend, and they said, Matt, I can either buy short-term disability that will pay me up to six months, or I can pay buy a long-term disability policy that starts six months elimination and then goes for social security age which one of those two would you mm-hmm. suggest to buy well i mean there's some questioning that comes before i tell them which one to buy right so we're getting an idea of of their overall financial picture right and most of the people i'm talking to at this point in my career have some sort of a, of a cash account kind of like an emergency fund or can get their hands on some sort of cash that'll get them through three months so if that's the if that's the situation where you can find some sort of cash that can sneak out three months, then yeah, I'm going to tell them to buy long term disability. Yep, as opposed to short term, because yeah, you can fix the short term, but that's you know that's um, there's still premium dollars, 
Right? So you still got to pay for it, but it fixes such a short period of time. And once you get past that, then what? Right. Absolutely. No. Yeah. So, uh, okay. Let's talk about, so, so it kind of depends on your income level a little bit and how much cash, maybe not your income level, but how much safety net you have. Mm-hmm. Um, and, which is probably why in, in our marketplace for employee benefits, we see a lot more voluntary short-term disability than we see voluntary long-term, right? Voluntary long-term disability can be offered. I can offer it, but it's, it's not as popular as voluntary short-term. And then we see a lot of employer paid long-term disability Mm -hmm. as well on top of that. Um, So, so one other question about disability. So talk to, talk to me about the underwriting. So when people say when they're young, they're in their thirties, they're like, you know, I probably should get it now. I can afford it, but I'll just wait. Mm. And then they're in their fifties and something medically has happened. Talk to me about the dangers of, of letting a medical condition cause you not to get qualified. Do you have any examples of that? Yeah, it's kind of the catch 22, right? We don't, when we're healthy, we don't think we need it, but that's exactly when we should buy it because we can get it. If you wait until you really need it, then you can't get it. So there's that catch 22. Um, in addition, the longer you wait, the more expensive it gets. So what I, what I generally tell young people, young professionals, here's what I'll tell them. Uh, I'll tell them, look, we're going to buy a little bit now. We're going to buy as much as we can get you now. It's probably going to be a relatively small policy because if they're in their thirties, they're not near their peak income yet. Right? So we're going to buy a relatively small policy now, but we're going to put on there a, a, a rider that allows you to buy more of this stuff later without proving you qualify medically, right? So we're going to lock in your health now forever. So that's, that's kind of a cool thing. So let's say we get somebody $2,000 a month now. We can put a rider on there that says, all right, well, you, you can get another 4000 in addition to the two later. And then, you, wow. and then yep. as your income increases, let's say next year you get a little bump, then, okay, Matt, let me get $500 more of that. Okay, Matt, uh, I got, uh, now, I'm, now I'm a partner. Let me get, uh, let me get another 2000 of that. Uh, and then eventually over 10 or 12 years, you end up using up all the, what they're called as future increase options. You end up using all those additions. Uh, and then now you got a $6,000 policy, but you bought them incrementally over, you know, 10 or 15 Absolutely. years. Absolutely. That's a great point, Matt, because I, we both experienced insurance companies are changing. I'm not saying they're changing as much as technology, right? But they come out with new features and riders and things they add on. So if you looked at disability insurance 20 years ago, it's dramatically changed what's available today. Would you agree with that? Like the, the, just the options we have available now are different than they were 10 or 20 years ago. Well, I wasn't selling it 20 years ago. So I, I don't know exactly what was in the marketplace 20 years ago, but it has gotten a lot better. Um, there were a lot more companies doing it 20 years ago than there are now, which I think um, I think – What's happened is the the weak have kind of been eliminated. The the lesser policies, the, the weaker policies have been eliminated. Now you've got companies that are doing it. They know what they're doing. They know how to price it right, and they know what they've got their they've got their finger on the pulse of the marketplace. So they know what people want. So yeah, I think like any business, it evolves over time and it can only get better. Yep. Yeah, that's a good point. All right, last question is um, this is something I've learned just through years of going to continuing education training. We all go to every year, every two years. And I remember one time 
early on, the instructor, and I want to see if this is legit. He said, basically, who do you think has the better deal? You buying a disability policy or the insurance company offering the disability policy? And they were like, mm. Mm. what? He's like, where, who's taking on the most risk in that scenario? And of mm-hmm. course, we all kind of jumped and in, in, had our own conclusion of, you know, we're taking the risk because I'm paying the money. Yeah. Talk to me about how much risk is put on the, the disability carrier and why sometimes you ask very specific questions in your, in your process to make sure that everything is okay. Talk to me about from the carrier side, why that might be. Well, that's a good question. I never heard that question voiced before. Who's taking on more risk? And my initial thought was um, the insured, if the insured doesn't buy it, they take on far more risk than the insurance company did if they supplied it, right? Because the insurance company is a large company, and let's say they give somebody $5,000 a month. Well, their their accounts receivable way more than $5,000 a month. So even if they do pay you and a benefit, um, they're not hurt. But on the other hand, if you don't buy that $5,000 a month, it means that $5,000 a month means way more proportionally to you than it does the insurance company. So I think, right. So I think the, I think the insured would be at way more risk not buying it than the company supplying it. That's a good perspective. Hadn't thought about that. The, uh, the answer, his perspective was very similar to what you said, but his was, look, if, if I buy a disability policy, it's a hundred bucks a month. And it's going to pay me five grand till I'm 65. And I go on claim for 30 years. That's a million. That's $2 million. Mm. So I've been paying a little bit. Mm-hmm. And wham, mm-hmm. the insurance mm-hmm. company pays $2 million. So they took on far more risk in terms of the payout. Yes, it didn't hurt them as badly. So I think what you've just, we've just uncovered is that there's risk on both sides. There's a cost if you do and a cost if you don't. Yeah, for sure. Right? Yeah. I mean, think about all the stuff our income pays for. <laughs> Just, just go, just look around your, your, your house or your office. There's a lot of stuff in there and it all requires money. Everything we do requires money. And without an income, like, you know, life is already stressful. Take, take money away. My goodness. It gets really, really stressful. Then you're adding on the fact that you're disabled. That's a, that's a scary proposition there, in my opinion. Yep. I remember the first time we bought disability for ourselves I'll be honest. I was like, man, I know I got to do this, but it just doesn't feel good. Like you're writing a check. Like, damn, that's money. You know, so many places you could put it. Mm-hmm. But I'm in insurance and I knew that value. Well, Laura broke her ankle last <laughs> year <laughs> and went on claim for three months. Wow. That's a bad break. And I'll tell you when you get, when you get, and then it was partial after that. So it was full of disability for three months and then partial for another month or two. But when you when you feel that money coming in from an insurance company to help offset, it 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 really makes an impact. Explain yeah. what explain to the listener what partial benefit is. Yeah, so she had a three month uh, benefit duration, so short term disability paid three months, and um, and then after being on full disability, if she could only go back to work part time, which she was only able to, because you imagine you can't stand on your ankle even after it's been healed. So she could only work 20 hours a week. Mm-hmm. 
they paid half of the benefit mm -hmm. for another month or two because she was working part time and, and, and off part time. Yeah, I think so it's a good feature. That's super important. And, and, and most policies have something like that now. Right. And I think yep. that's that's one of the biggest misconceptions that I run into is, uh, you know, you know, let's let's say you're working with an attorney. The attorney's going to throw up his hands. Oh, I don't need it. Uh, man, if I got my brain, I'm good to go. Right. Yes. And I hear yes. this a lot, but, and most people think, um, disability is, you know, you got hit by a bus and now you're kind of incapacitated, which yes, that's a disability, but it's unlikely, you know, the bad back is more likely or the cancer is more likely or the broken ankle, like your wife is more likely than that. So there's yep. a number of things that can do it. Um, and, and you might not be able to work as much because of something. Right. So that's where that partial benefit comes in. There's a million things that can get you. Yeah. It's, um, I tell people, you know, I sell in, and you've been involved in the insurance world. There's all types of insurance products. There's health, there's life, there's disability. Now there's even pet insurance, mm. <laughs> you know, all kinds of stuff you can buy. And I tell people like, man, I wish you didn't have to buy all this stuff, car mm. insurance and homeowners and renters insurance. And, but you know, it was designed for a reason because you know, I pay a small amount and I get a huge return if I ever have to use it. Yeah. So I've learned over the years that insurance is leveraging my money far greater than my savings ever could. Yeah. Uh, you know, you mentioned that there's so many different products out there. So each product was designed for a different situation and not everybody has that situation. Right. So I think that's where someone like you coming in and doing a, a, a comprehensive job of understanding exactly what the person's situation is because there may be xyz insurance that is great for one person but the other person doesn't need it right so you could literally you could literally buy all the insurance that's out there you could buy every type of insurance and now you don't have any money because you spent it all insurance right so it's important to have an advisor like you somebody who's trusted that can say look you don't need that because you're not in that situation anymore right for example yeah, short short-term disability most of the folks I'm talking to don't need short-term disability because they got enough cash on hand to get them through, you know, 90 days or so. Yep. No, that's true. Right. But if you got, totally. you know, there's other people who aren't, who aren't fortunate enough to be in that situation and then short-term disability becomes more important. So each product was designed for a different situation. That doesn't mean everybody should buy every product. No, you're right. It's funny you say that because we're working with a, a company right now, about 30 employees and, we're, we're, we're changing over some of their products in there. And some of the employees bought every single mm. thing. And the question we ask, and that may be fine, right? I'm not judging. The, I'm not judging anybody. That may be a legitimate purchase. But the question we're asking them is, okay, tell me why you bought that. And, and Matt, sometimes it's what you just said. Uh, I don't know. I just, I was a little bit scared, I guess. Yeah. Not, that's not, I mean, you can load up on insurance. That's not the objective though. It should be a smart thing. And if you need it, that's one thing. I think there are times where people need multiple levels of coverage, but mm -hmm. it was consistent on everyone. So yeah. I'm like, okay, there's something going on here. Every single person has way too much. Mm -hmm. And they were oversold probably. Yeah. You know, they were oversold totally. pushed to buy too much. You know, a good example of that is accidental death insurance, right? So if you're killed accidentally, if you die in an accident, um, there's something called accidental death insurance that will pay you in that situation. 
yep. and a lot of my clients will say, hey, do I need that? I'm like, if you're insured properly, it doesn't matter if you die of natural causes or by an accident. doesn't matter. If you're insured That's properly, true. you got everything you need. Just because yep. you died in an accident doesn't mean you need more. Yep. We see that a lot in the worksite arena as an add-on to basic life. But in that case, it's, you know, you're getting $20,000 of basic life and you're getting $20,000 of accidental death. And it was like a penny more. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's different than what you're probably saying is buying a million dollar accidental death policy, right? Or two. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's typically when we buy, when we're buying life insurance, we're buying a big number. Yep. You know, there, there's usually two commas in our number. Cool. Cool. Well, Matt, Hey man, thanks a lot. I hope this is helpful to everyone listening. Um, if you want any more information about any of this, you can you can find me at hackmybenefits.com. There's a little form on there. You can find Matt online at the Deer is it the DeerGroup.com, Matt? DeerGroup.com. DeerGroup.com. Yep. And uh, hopefully this, you guys found this valuable. Let us know. And Matt, I appreciate you taking some time out today, buddy. Thanks, John. Appreciate it. Good being with you. Okay. You have a good day. Bye bye. You too. Bye.